Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Scapegoat by Pastor Sean Wood. Father, we thank you for all that Easter means and holds for each one of us. As we open your word, I pray that you would open our eyes to see more of Christ, we ask. May your word sink into our hearts and produce fruit, we ask in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to speak about scapegoat and maybe maybe where that came from and is it biblical and if so then what does it kind of look like? Uh, for those who are unaware or probably don't know much of my story, uh, when I was a young teenager I was somewhat, well in the eyes of the law I was somewhat of a rebel but uh, I can remember when I was in high school um, we, uh, it was frowned upon if you smoked in high school. But we used to have a system worked out, uh, me and a, g- a group of guys used to smoke in our recess break and our lunch break, and, and we had a system worked out, you know, we had, uh, teachers would do rounds, and the school had begun to crack down on us pretty hard, and the penalties were becoming pretty hard and harsh, and I had everything worked out, I could, I could stand in the cubicle, and, and, and we could have a smoke, and we could watch the reflection, and if anybody came through the door, we could quickly just make it out that we were just there for the toilet and leave, and... Turns out that when we were in grade 10, we, we had a system so good, we used to rotate, we had a roster for the toilet block, this one, this day, this one. We, we had it all worked out. Uh, turns out uh, one of the grade 8 boys, Donnie, uh, Donnie, if you're listening, I'm, I apologise in advance and I love you, but uh, it turns out a, a young grade 8 boy by the name of Donnie wanted to hang around us uh, grade 10s that were smoking. Donnie was a nice kid, but uh, had a lot to learn, obviously. Uh, it turns out that uh, one particular morning uh, at recess time, we'd all ducked into the toilets for a smoke and just so happened that Donnie was hanging around and he was out. He, he was, so if you, if you come through the door, the first thing you'll see is Donnie. And uh, we're all there talking and the headmaster walks through the door of the toilet. We knew, we, we knew the drill, right? We knew the drill. We ditched. It was like clockwork. We were a slickly oiled machine. The four of us grade 10s walked out of our cubicles, said hello to the headmaster and walked out. Of course, the headmaster, when he first walked in, saw a billow of smoke. (laughs) As the haze cleared, there was a picture of Donnie. Uh, Do I need to say that uh, Donnie got internally suspended for two weeks? Thank you, Donnie. Uh. Uh, Donnie's never touched a cigarette, never smoked in his life, but uh, that day he took all of our punishment. A couple of things didn't happen after that day. Donnie decided not to hang around us anymore. (laughs) And we decided not to smoke in that particular toilet anymore. But what Donnie was, was probably what we understand as a scapegoat. You see... Us guys were the guys that were smoking. He was innocent. He wasn't actually doing anything wrong. We were the ones that were doing everything wrong. We were the guys that were smoking. We were the the ones that were being the rebels and breaking the law, so to speak. But he took the full weight of the punishment. We walked out scot-free. Donnie, however, had to sit outside the principal's office and do his schoolwork for two weeks straight. In today's society... We're aware of possibly what a scapegoat is. It, it comes from the term escape, escape goat. And we'll, we'll have a look at where it comes from in scripture in a moment. But if you're in politics, you know what a scapegoat is. <laughs> in fact, you invent scapegoats half the time. Uh, when the heat comes on and the pressure comes on, let's find somebody who's already in trouble or let's find a distraction and let's lay all of the blame and all the penalty on them so that we can go scot-free. 
Scott's a good guy. <laughs> but the, the roots of where this comes from is in Leviticus 16, that deeply theological book that I know we all read because everybody gets so much out of it, right? But uh, it's actually, the book of Leviticus is actually deeply profound. It's filled with uh, sacrifices which are a type and a shadow of Christ and his sacrifice. What we learn in the book of Leviticus is as we're reading about the sacrifices, as we're reading about the operation of the priests uh, before God, we read that these guys were meticulous. They were diligent. God demanded that they be diligent. If you missed something, if you put something out of place, you could be demolished in the presence of God. I mean, these guys had to dip their right thumb and place it on their right ear. All these kinds of ordinances which teach us just how we should behave in the presence of God. But one sacrifice that is listed in Leviticus in chapter 16 is a sacrifice that occurred on the Day of Atonement. Now, Aaron, uh, it's listed, you can read this later on when you get home. Aaron, uh, first of all, Aaron had to take a bath and then Aaron had to put on these special linen clothes, uh, clean clothes, and then he would have to take a bull and uh, he would have to sacrifice the bull for his own sins and then for the sins of his household to make sure that he could officiate completely for the people of God. Uh, on the Day of Atonement, atonement's a really powerful and interesting word, at one, atonement, at one with God. How can man and God be one? It was this whole festival. But it culminated in uh, Aaron walking out with two goats, And he would stand on the steps of the tent of meeting before all the people of Israel and he would cast lots. We understand that like rolling dice. You'll read a lot about that in scripture. They cast lots to determine or to make a decision and they would cast lots to determine which one of the goats would be the sacrificial goat and be the Lord's goat and which goat would be the scapegoat. We call it scapegoat. We translate it scapegoat. The Hebrew word is azale. It's, it's a weird word that we only see once and no one really knows the fullness of the root of the word or what it means, but it's translated scapegoat for us. And after the first goat is sacrificed, Aaron would then come out to the scapegoat, place both of his hands on the head of the scapegoat and symbolically commit all the sins of Israel onto the goat. And then this goat would be taken right out into the wilderness and set free. But they added something because they were a reasonably superstitious bunch, the Jews, and every now and again the goat would wander back into the camp. And their superstitions would be heightened and they would be thinking, well, this is God returning all of our sins back on our heads. So they would send the goat out into the wilderness and set it free, kind of, but we're going to set you free, but make sure we gently guide you over a cliff. (laughs) To make sure that one man had one job, take a goat out, come back with no goat. That That was the one job. But it's interesting how I've become fascinated how remote ancient cultures have ingrained inside of them a sense of the same beliefs that we have with Christianity. It's interesting. Uh, like remote tribes, for example, that every year pray over cloths, put the cloths in a little dinghy and send it up the river as a sign of sending all of our sins like a scapegoat away. And that's where we get the reference where one goat takes all the penalty and is sacrificed. One goat is kind of set free. 
And what I love about the Old Testament is that we see this played out. We see this brought to the floor in the New Testament. For those that have got their Bibles, in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus has been arrested. Jesus is before Pilate. Pilate doesn't really want to kill Jesus because he's been questioning Jesus and he can't find anything wrong with Jesus. And reality is Pontius Pilate doesn't really like the Jews anyway uh, and they're allowed to govern their own law, but they don't have the jurisdiction inside of their own law to crucify or to sentence anybody to death. That's why they need Pilate. That's why Jesus is eventually brought to Pilate. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 15, it says, Now at the feast, the governor, who was Pontius Pilate, was was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. So there was a custom that a prisoner who had been sentenced to death uh, at the crowd's request, at the crowd's overwhelming vote, one of them would be completely pardoned, one of them would be set free. It was a custom at the Passover feast that the governor would do this. That's what this allusion is to right here. And in verse 16, it says, And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Who is this guy, Barabbas? Well, it goes on and says that it says here that he's a notorious prisoner. If you read the other gospel accounts, we read that he was a thief and a robber. We read that he was uh, convicted of murder, but he was what they call an insurrectionist. And an insurrectionist was one who incited or, or, or kind of uh, uh, pumped up uh, rebellions. The best way we could understand an insurrectionist today is a political terrorist. Those who would uh, actively and aggressively uh, commit acts of terror against an oppressive regime. That's what an insurrectionist was. That's what Barabbas was notorious for. He has definitely killed people and he is supposed to be crucified. That's his lot. He's supposed to die. Verse 17, so when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? Pontius Pilate is trying to find a back door here. I I don't want to crucify this Jesus. Uh, We we read on here, it says, besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with that righteous man, that's Jesus, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. That hasn't stopped, by the way. There are Muslims across the globe today. You, you think that they are an unreached or unreachable people, but they are suffering much because a Jesus keeps appearing to them in their dreams. That God can reach anybody. Verse 20. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded, persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. And that word destroy is not accidental. For those of us that have watched, watched The Passion of the Christ and many people said, whoa, man, that was a gruesome graphic movie. And it was. But Mel Gibson held back. It was R-rated and it should have been R-rated, but he held back. The reality was, for example, Jesus would have been marched naked up that hill. Imagine the shame. Destroying somebody goes deeper than physical. You can whip a man, you can walk him up a hill, you can, you can mock him, you can crucify him. But Jesus cries out in many accounts, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But you separate Jesus from his God. 
from his father and he was separated in our place. They destroyed him. And how many of us right now are going, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on that Barabbas. Who's going to set him free in place of Jesus? Hold that thought for a moment. The governor again said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. The pilot said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus, whom is called Christ? And they all said, let him be crucified. And he said, why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. They yelled for Barabbas. And we we see so many types and shadows. We see so much of what is happening here right now that even reflects a little bit of the scapegoat kind of ceremony on the Day of Atonement. Here we have Pontius Pilate at the top of the stairs. Here we have the Roman governor official, if you like, uh, for want of a better term, with two goats standing at the top of the stairs. And the lots are cast. The crowd will make its choice. Pontius Pilate has made his choice. I want to set Jesus free, but that's not the choice of the crowd. It was never going to be the choice of the crowd. We see that uh, on the Day of Atonement, they would put a scarlet rope around the, the Lord's goat, the one that was to be sacrificed, the one that would pay the penalty, the one that would die that day. They would put a scarlet rope around that goat and they clothed our Lord and Saviour in a scarlet robe. But possibly most profoundly is that on that day, Our understanding of a scapegoat, most profoundly that day, is that one man who is guilty will go free. And one man who is innocent will die. Friends, this morning, can I be so bold as to claim that perhaps each one of us are in fact Barabbas. The message of the cross is, at one point in time, we were like Barabbas and Jesus standing at the top of the stairs. And when Jesus, the innocent one, shall be set free, he takes all of our guilt, he takes all of our shame, he takes all of our punishment, and we go free. That's the, beauty, that's the beautiful truth of the gospel. Today, you can be free because God had chosen his goat in your place. I want to read to you some words from Ephesians. I love these words. One of my favourite chapters and certainly my favourite chapter in Ephesians kind of sums up the story. Imagine being Barabbas. As you're walking past Jesus down the stairs, what would you say? Would you even be able to find any words? He's, he's standing there thinking, these guys... The other thing is he probably thinks he's just won a popularity contest when, in fact, they still don't like him. It's just we prefer you over Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, I love these words. Let me read these to you this morning. Chapter 2, verse 1. And you were, love that word, you were dead in the trespasses and the sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, 
following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, verse 3, among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And if, if this could sum up today, if this is a picture of Barabbas today, if this is a picture of Barabbas, then it's a picture of each and every one of us, this sentence, and were by nature children of wrath. By our very nature, uh, one uh, American preacher put it this way, if sin was blue, we would all be Smurfs. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind, but oh, how I love this next verse, but God. But God being rich in mercy and because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead, even when you were Barabbas, he chose to take your punishment. Even when we were dead, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This morning as we gather together for Good Friday and we reflect on the power of the cross, the power lies in the fact that each and every one of us deserved a penalty that we could not pay. We could not pay that penalty. We could not appease God, but Jesus stepped into our place and we go free today because of the sacrifice of Christ. Nobody has to stay in chains. Nobody has to remain by nature objects of wrath because each and every one of us can have a but God moment in our lives. My life is a testimony of but God, not once, hundreds of times. Let's pray. Father, each and every one of us The reality of the message of the gospel is this, that each and every one of us are in fact Barabbas. Lost in our sins, deserving of separation from you, but Jesus, you are our scapegoat. We walk free today, Jesus, because you walk the hill of Calvary for us. Lord, I pray that as we go over this weekend that we will continue to remember and continue to ponder in our hearts the enormity of the power of your sacrifice. Father, we thank you. We are grateful, forever grateful this morning for the power that is in the blood of Jesus to separate, to cleanse, and to save. In your wonderful name we pray today. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.